1: The Telegraph. Telegraph. Podcasts. New York confirms more cases than any country.
0: 9-11 was supposed to be the darkest day in New York for a generation.
1: A new pledge for PPE. Everyone
2: working in a critical role must get the PPE that they need.
1: And are minority ethnic groups hit harder by the virus? This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. New York now has more confirmed cases than any country. The state, which is home to 19.5 million people, has recorded 160,000 cases. That's 7,000 more than Spain and 17,000 more than Italy. On Friday, photos emerged of workers in hazmat suits burying coffins in a mass grave in the city. And Governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, compared the crisis to another tragic day in the city's history.
0: 9-11 was supposed to be the darkest day in New York for a generation. Uh, We've done everything we can since 9-11 to make sure 9-11 didn't happen again. We lose 2,753 lives on 9-11. We've lost over 7,000 lives to this crisis. I can't, I don't even have the words
1: for it. The Telegraph's Josie Ensor is in New York. She tells us how it became the coronavirus capital of the world.
3: Some suggest the answer lies in the amount of testing New York has carried out. Sure, the state has been testing at a higher rate than almost anywhere else in the US, but it's still much lower per capita than in Germany, Italy, China and South Korea. Part of the answer could lie in new research reported this week. A series of studies suggested that one of the first strains of the virus to hit New York came from the UK and Europe, not China, as had been suspected. But while President Donald Trump barred foreign nationals at the end of January from entering the US, if they had been in China, it was not until mid-March that similar restrictions were placed on travellers from Europe. Some also say that the lockdown restrictions here are not tight enough. Governor Andrew Cuomo took measures to close New York down, but they were not anywhere near as austere as cities like Los Angeles and San Francisco or indeed the hardest-hit parts of Europe. New York ordered all schools to close by March 18, by which time it had already recorded thousands of cases. New York is also one of the most densely populated areas of the country, and for some, it's been hard to isolate and practice social distancing. There's also the issue of healthcare. On the Global Health Security Index, a report card that grades every country in its pandemic preparedness, the US has a score of 83.5, the world's highest. But during the recent outbreak, it has fared much worse than countries with universal healthcare systems. The confused new policies on whether the coronavirus treatment is free has left some confused. Many have avoided hospitals altogether for that reason.
1: UK health and social care workers are being urged to treat protective equipment like a precious resource. Health Secretary Matt Hancock said there's enough personal protective equipment or PPE to go round if it's used in line with official guidance. It follows widespread reports of shortages in hospitals and care homes amid a global squeeze on supply. But today, Mr Hancock said the UK was stepping up its efforts to meet the demand. Every
2: NHS hospital has received a delivery of critical PPE once every 72 hours and over the next week we're making that daily. This Herculean effort of enormous operational complexity to get the right piece of equipment to the right person at the right moment, I pay tribute to the enormous efforts of all those who are making it happen.
1: Universities, tech companies and 3D printing enthusiasts with their own printers are responding to the PPE shortage by making it themselves. 3D printing can often be turned around fairly cheaply and in a matter of hours. So is it the solution to the reported PPE shortage? Dr Sam Pashnatala is a research fellow at the University of Sheffield who's part of a team using 3D printers to create parts for protective masks. He says it's a step in the right direction.
2: On its own, 3D printing isn't the, the, the technology that's going to save us uh, in the PPE crisis. It could be uh, part of the solution. The, the advantage of 3D printing is the versatility. One day we were producing uh, you know models for uh, uh, engineering students' uh, projects. The next day we were producing parts for these face shields. We're, we're trying to harness uh, all, all makers, so all uh, people across the country who have access to a 3D printer, Uh, Can they get on it? Can they start producing parts that we can then assemble into personal protective equipment? It's really the first time maybe when there can be a sort of uh, a nationwide or or I guess even a global wide uh, uh, call for people who have access to this equipment to try and do something with it to to combat a global situation.
1: The number of global deaths linked to COVID-19 has reached 100,000. And while the UK saw its deadliest day yet with 980 deaths, New Zealand has one of the world's lowest death tolls. Two people have died in the country, which has been in lockdown for two weeks. The Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has been clear in her goal not to contain the virus, but to eliminate it altogether. Giovanni Torre is a journalist covering New Zealand. He says the key to the country's success in tackling the virus is the speed with which it acted.
4: They had just over 100 confirmed cases when the Prime Minister said we've got 48 hours before we go to a level 4 lockdown the schools closed a bunch of public venues closed very strict social distancing protocols were put in place internal flights banned uh, the borders sealed at the moment there are 16 patients in hospital with um, with covid-19 which is extraordinary uh, and so their system the health system's not being overwhelmed which is what devastated italy and it's you know, playing out that way in a, in a few other countries as well. In terms of the role of luck and New Zealand's geographical position, New Zealand is geographically remote, but it's also very popular with tourists. So about 3 million tourists a year. It's a huge part of the economy there. So it is a situation that could have been much worse in terms of the immense popularity that New Zealand has with tourists. And the modelling that the government released in late March projected what would have happened if the government hadn't acted decisively to slow the spread of the disease. And they predicted that more than two thirds of the country's population would have become ill and over 27,000 die. 27,600 people in a country of five less than 5 million would have been a massive loss, just really uh, dreadful. But the measures in place uh, appear to have averted that disaster. New Zealand has been very, very clear. They've said We're keeping the border restrictions in place, strengthening them, and uh, we're going to continue to work towards eliminating the illness in this country. And once we've got a vaccine here, then we'll allow visitors from outside. Uh, It is an incredibly strong stand and will probably be vindicated uh, by history.
1: Deaths with coronavirus in UK hospitals are broken down into age, sex and region. What we don't know is the victim's race, a factor you'd hope would be unimportant. But in the United States, which does publish deaths by race, the figures will make you look twice. In Michigan, black people make up 40% of deaths, despite representing just 14% of the state's population. And in Chicago, black people represent around 70% of fatalities, but only make up 30% of the population. Early research suggests the UK might be seeing a similar trend. The Intensive Care National Audit and Research Centre found that individuals who identified as non-white accounted for a third of 2,000 patients admitted to critical care, despite making up only 13% of the UK population. There are some genetic factors. The South Asian community, for example, is six times more likely to have type 2 diabetes But Muhammad Ali, health policy candidate at LSE, says it's not all down to health.
4: When you consider the social distancing measures that have been applied across Europe, uh, this hasn't been possible for many households in the UK, especially in the BAME community. The majority of BAME community live in poor quality housing. So the lockdown means more time exposed to, say, cold, damp and other hazardous conditions. And many people from the BAME community live many generations live under the same household so many early research has seen is that younger people are actually the vectors of covid-19 and it's them that is bring the virus to the houses themselves
1: Every great charity appeal needs a soundtrack and it seems only right that The Telegraph's coronavirus appeal has its own theme tune too. It would need to be something catchy. It would need to reflect the unprecedented and often quite bizarre circumstances we're living in and ideally it would need to be a bit of a laugh because we could all do with one. Enter comedian and writer Tony Hawks who's come up with just the thing. Life is a bind, I'm in
4: lockdown, completely Designed to lockdown And I'm slowly going out of my
0: mind
1: His song Lockdown is out now with proceeds going to the Telegraph Coronavirus Appeal which is raising money for Turn To Us a charity providing emergency grants for people in the UK hardest hit by the crisis. I've put the link to the music video in the show notes. You'll spot Stephen Fry, Rob Brydon, Sandy Toxig and plenty of other familiar faces, as well as the link if you'd like to join us in supporting those struggling to make ends meet. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Theodora Leloudis and I'll be back on Monday evening with another update. In the meantime, you can access all of our news, analysis and advice completely free for the first 30 days. Go to telegraph.co.uk slash audio.